Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. You're listening to Achtung Millwall, broadcasting from the beautiful South Birmingham. Accept no substitute. Good afternoon, good morning, wherever you are. This is the world famous Achtung Millwall. Good to have you with us at the end of another exciting season for the Lions. My name's Aaron Pobby, guiding you through this afternoon's show. Joining me first is Mr Nick Hart. Nick, we've had an email. We've had an email, a nice email in, in, in the circumstances, an email from a chap called Kevin Sear, um, just asking us to mention if we can a lifelong Mill fan and listen to the shows passed away quite recently, Dave Farmer. Um, so we've received the email and I'm more than happy um, I understand that Dave's wife will be listening to the show, so more than happy to dedicate the show to to Dave's memory because um, you know we it's it's the end of a of a tough old season. A lot of people have had a tough time, and it's important at these at these moments that we remember the community that builds around football clubs generally, but in our particular case, Mill Football Club. So we're going to dedicate the show to the memory of Dave Farmer. Um, R.A.P. Uh, so thank you for that email, Kevin. That's that's much appreciated, mate. Yeah. Thank you, Kevin, for the email. Uh, joining me, uh, the man who usually deals... Oh, sorry, that's unprofessional of me, isn't it? Just to... <laughs> I apologise about that. Uh, joining me as well, uh, the man who usually deals with our our email complaints, our very own Dale Winton, Mr. Michael Avery. Good afternoon, listeners. Good morning, listeners. The season may be over, but the sleepless nights begin from here for me. Yeah, he's back. Congratulations, by the way, young Fletcher in brackets Bar yes. Avery. Yes, um, Bar Avery is a new. He's he's a new addition to the family. I actually um I actually sort of had a brief chat with Bart uh, after the QPR game, and I told him that um, obviously you know your sons now shared the same birthday, and that I'd actually petitioned for uh, for you to name him Bart, but. Well, let's see Mrs. Avery wasn't having that, was she? Um, Birkowski Avery didn't have the ring to it. I thought it would have done. So um, we thought we'd name we we thought we'd name him. Uh, I've got one son named after Neil Legend, uh, Neil Harris, and now we've got one after Gary Taylor Fletcher. So there you go. Uh, Mikey Hayden, our very own Scalac, got a goal midweek. He's with us. Lovely virtue, listeners um, and gentlemen. Yep, I did score, and what a goal it was! Maybe you'll maybe you'll see me next season. Now, believe, believe me, we won't be making a summer signing like him this summer. I can guarantee you, big things are on the way for this podcast. Uh, chaps, good to have you with us as usual. Uh, what an end to the championship season! What yeah. an incredible <clears throat> night of football! Um, 
I had to be at, you know, the, one of the shittest games out there, Birmingham versus Derby. Basically, nothing riding on it. I mean, Birmingham could have got, I think they could have been relegated if, you know, Wigan appealed their points deduction and won, but who knows about that. Uh, Leeds champions, West Brom promoted Brentford. Uh, bottled it there into third. Swansea, though, that's the, I mean, Swansea are the story, but then again, you look down the bottom and, 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 and you look at that as well. But Forrest, who spent um, every, I think, match day in the, in, in the playoff positions from, from something crazy like, uh, I think it was Boxing Day. Um, I mean, they, uh, they, they've relinquished them and they finished seventh. Crazy, crazy scenes at, at Forrest. We're going to relegate it due to the 12-point penalty. Charlton, drop into the bottom uh, three on the last day. Hull are relegated and Luton Town stay up. Um, Nick, let's let's give you the first bite on this, mate. What do you make of it? Yeah, I mean, you're right. It was one of the most dramatic um, nights of football, I think, that I can think of. You know, there's never been a season like this, has there, boys? I mean, this has been um, a totally unique experience. The whole season has been um, stranger and then ever stranger. And for a final day, a final night, wasn't it? Um, you know, midweek fixtures. But for a, for a final a finale to a season like no other, there was that was an evening like no other. I mean, on the, I had my iPad for the Millwall game set up, and I'm following on the phone all this drama with a kind of totally relaxed frame of mind. Because we, you know, yeah, I, I thought at one point we might have given away our one goal lead, and who knows what the friendly kind of uh, atmosphere at the Den might do from there. I mean, we go on to win it with some. A plum. I've never, I've never sat and watched a Millwall team winning so um, convincingly and so you know in such relaxed fashion on, on on a screen before. Whilst drama unfolds around the country. When the the restart began, I don't know what you other chaps think of this, but when the restart began, I was a little bit half and half about the idea of football being revived. But I will freely admit that the drama of of um, Wednesday nights. Um, you know, put that put that to rest for me because I think that was a dramatic night, and that was for that reason alone, it was worth it. It was worth restarting the game. It was. It was incredible, wasn't it? I, I, I mean, there's so many different changes throughout that 90 minutes. You know, at one point Wigan would have crazily stayed up, um, yeah. and then obviously they went on to draw against Fulham. But um, yeah, it was um, an unbelievable last day. It's just a shame it wasn't on. You know, Saturday at three o'clock. Um, that's what what I kind of missed about it. But the drama was sensational, and. Um, Nice to see Charlton uh, leaving us again. So thank you for the six points and farewell. <laughs> there was I mean, some wonderful, wonderful crowing that went on, on online. Yeah. Mm. Michael, did you enjoy the, did you, did you enjoy the evening? Um, yeah, yeah. To, to concur with what what you were saying there, Nick and and Mike as well. It was it I, again. I was a bit um, what's the word? A little bit. Oh, how can you say I wasn't sure about the football restarting? Um, as you as you say, Nick, I always thought it was more to do with the finances and getting the season finished. But you 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 forgot about everything that was going on in in the world in that in that hour and a half in that ninety minutes. You know, with as you say, there was all these different teams who potentially could have gone down. Um, Wigan would have been the romantic story that stayed up. Swansea, how on earth they managed to do it? And and I'm, I mean, as much as you say, you know that that Brentford bowled it. Forest, how how on earth if, if you're if you're a member of Nottingham Forest, I think that that that's the main story of the, of the division. Not not the teams who went down who managed to stay up, but like you say, Aaron, they've been there since since Boxing Day. And how on earth have they managed to lose a five goal swing on the final game of the season? That that's the, that's the story of the championship for me, or at least the final day. 
Yeah, I've got a mate who's a Nottingham Forest fan and he was just, he could see it coming. He wasn't even really? surprised in the end. I think their form was so bad for a long period of time. And um, something is, you know, how can you possibly do that? Something's incredibly wrong there. I think you mentioned, Aaron, without Lewis Graben's goals, they just they just can't cut it. I mean, it's not even without Lewis Graben's goals. It's the fact that he scores 20 and then packs up. Mm. You know, um, they had no real plan B I've watched them a lot this season for us and they they frustrate a hell of a lot you know they create chances most of the time they create chances do very very well half the time they won't even bother creating chances I mean there you go Lewis Graben he sat on 20 goals last season he scored 17 for us you know he sits around that figure I don't think he's been past that figure in fact no Bournemouth once in the season they got promoted he got 22 and 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 that's pretty much it. He doesn't like to go past that figure, and he looks like he downs tools. And and for Forrest not to go and get a striker, I mean that's just that's absolutely criminal. Considering how much they've spent on other areas of the field, I mean it's going to be interesting to see what actually happens there now. You know their um their their owner, their Greek owner, has an itchy trigger finger. No pun intended. Um, <laughs> and and it will be interesting to see where they go, if they stick with the manager, if the manager decides to leave or not, and how they invest. I, for my money, I reckon they're going to invest heavily and I think they'll go up automatically next season, personally. I would have thought that Forrest signed Lewis Graben with the idea that he was that striker, he was that mm. man, he was the player. And he could be, he should be. Uh, there's always been a question mark over Lewis Graben ever since, you know, the, the unhappy Millwall time for him. Um, but I've always thought there's a, there's a, there is a question mark. And, you, you know, you're right, Aaron. I mean, it gets to a certain point and then just seems to, um, you know, switch it off, doesn't he? Um, and it's, it's, a, it's a character flaw because he's got the talent, he's got the touch, he's got the football brain, but somehow he doesn't engage it when he doesn't want to. It's a very, very strange thing, isn't it? He doesn't care. I think that's quite frank to see. You know, you can see at the clubs he's jumped around at. He's, you know, a, a decent player, but you never strike him as a real, you know, team man, do you? I think he he worries about getting to a certain goal target and then he's not motivated anymore. I don't think he cares about the team grab, and I've always thought that about him. Yeah, and and also as well, with uh, on your point, you were saying about Forrest as well. Aaron, uh, you you said on your last show, I, I believe it was your last show, Nick, that you know the championship will be won't be as strong as it was in previous years. You know, you've got some good teams who are going up, um, although they've been badly run. You've got some big teams going down. You know, Charlton and Hull aren't to be sniffed at for for sizes and statures. And what they're being replaced by, you know, the, the three from League One are small small clubs with with not much pulling power. I know you could argue Coventry you know, have historically been sleeping giants and also the three from the Premier League. I always believe that normally one or two deserve to go down and there's always that sort of third from bottom who, who really could bounce straight back up. So, like you were saying, um, Aaron, if, if you're Nottingham Forest and you don't run away with that league title this season, there's you've, you've got to look at the entire infrastructure of that club. I mean, Le- Leeds have done it this season at, at last from their perspective. But I mean, that's what you just described there. Forest, big club, European Cup winners in their day and blah, blah, blah. You know, the Brian Clough and all the rest of it long time ago. But they would have the... They're, they're probably cursed with an expectation that they should be the big club in the division, tearing it up, playing the football that other people just kind of their jaws drop and admire from a distance. 
And of course, the championship is not like that. It's a very, very tough division. Look at Brentford. I mean, we're talking about teams bottling things. I mean, I'm, I'm mm. going to put Brentford forward as bottlers in chief because, you know, um, they've twice had, had a chance to go second and consolidate second position, automatic promotion to the, to the promised land. And both times they've, they've fallen short, despite the fact that we're all, again, supposed to sit around admiring their football and wondering at how they can pick out these passes and play so beautifully. It, it, football is <laughs> football's a results business. And, you, you know, Forrest have failed on that, on that front and subject to playoffs, so have Brentford. Mm, agreed. Yeah, I, I can't see Brentford winning the playoffs now. I think mentally, if you think if you're a player there and you know you've blown it twice, to then go into the playoffs with the pressure on... You know, they will be the side with all of the pressure on now because people expected them to, you know, finish second in the end above West Brom, who were on a really topsy turvy bit of form. I, I can't see them doing it now. I think um, they'll be in the championship next season. I think, you're, I think you're right, Mike. Yeah. I mean, it's, the, the playoffs are a grind. They're, they're, it's, it's not about football and style and beauty in the playoffs. It's about um, it's traditional kind of grit and, 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 and making sure that your will is imposed on the other team. And, and they've, They've fallen short twice over now, Brentford, haven't they? I mean, not to get a result against Barnsley is, I'd regard as unforgivable if I was the owner of that club. Mm. Um, and, you know, you, you're going to set them up against some pretty tough competitive sides in, in Fulham, Cardiff and, and Swansea. They've all, I think Fulham are the team I would probably choose as the team that I think will go through. Um, but it wouldn't surprise me if Cardiff or Swansea pick up the pieces now. Just going back to um, just going back to your point, uh, Nick, about Forrest believing they are the big team in the championship. To be honest, obviously we talk about sort of football currency being what you've won. If you look at them compared to Leeds, they've won a lot more than Leeds, and and uh, tro- trophies wise, and you know they've um, Ooh, absolutely they, they are a massive club in that division. I think obviously you just got to look at uh, a real history of mismanagement, even from. I mean, as soon as Frank Clark left, they, they were really poorly mismanaged. I mean, I've been listening to a lot of um, pods, reading some articles and some of the stories, especially from their last stint in the Premier League back in 98. I mean, everyone remembers Pierre Van Hooydonk just disappearing and then coming back and then Mark Crossley th- threatening to kick the shit out of him. You know, it was, um, it, was, it was quite interesting to read. Just on a side note, looking at the playoffs... Um, I wonder for Fulham and Brentford, I really wonder. I, I can see it being Cardiff or Swansea. And Swansea would be the most interesting of teams to go up. Purely because I think they're coming straight back down because they have big financial issues. There's a big money problem. I think we were, we were talking about them in the press box on Wednesday, just going, yeah, skint Swansea, skint Swansea. You know, they, they desperately tried to get Dan James out the door. There's a problem with their American investors. Of course, I don't know if everyone knows sort of like the, the story of Swansea and how they're run by their, their, their supporters' trust. But, you know, the story they, they, they had when they sort of like pushed up into the Premier League was brilliant. And then once they got into the Premier League, you know, a couple of their supporters sold out to two Americans who, who basically haven't got a clue about football, literally haven't got a clue about that, haven't got a clue about how the transfer market works. And, you know, they've been left with this sort of very patched up squad. Um, But there's something about them. I mean, I don't think anyone, and I'd challenge anyone to find me a betting slip to say that Swansea would beat Reading 4-1 on Wednesday night because... They don't look like a team that scores very often. They're quite sort of limp up front, but my God, were they brilliant. And to be honest, I think it's a toss-up between them and, and Neil Harris' Cardiff. Yeah, neither, neither would surprise me. I mean, mismanagement. I mean, you've mentioned mismanagement there in the Swansea context and, and Forest, I suppose. Uh, and this is a running theme through the whole 
division and probably on into the rest of the football league. Um, we'll probably touch on some of it later, but mismanagement of, of football clubs seems to be, you know, we, it comes back to a point that you've made repeatedly, Aaron. I think that we Millwall fans amongst us um, will agree that we are very, so very, very lucky with John Berrelson and the stability that yeah. he's he's put into our club because, you know, we've, we've mentioned Charlton. Um, what a shit show that is there at, uh, at the Valley. And I, I don't take that much pleasure from it. I know that there's banter on, on the night, but when you look at the storyline behind the demise of that club and, and what, what they're going to go through in, in League One next season, you know, you just have to thank your lucky stars that, um, yeah, we came close to the playoffs, just two points short of the mark, plus a bit of goal difference perhaps. But, you know, that, 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 was, that, was, um, that was a really, really strong season from the Mill perspective and that's built on stability and, and the fact that we've got an owner that underwrites the club and, and secures deals that, um, you know, that give us a fighting chance based on our on our on our resources. I, you know, every every time I look through the divisional table, you think, "Thank Christ, we've got John Berylson in charge of us." But um, you know, I mean, the, the Charlton story is 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 a an unfolding um, disaster. It's almost like a slow motion car crash, isn't it? I mean, to to. <laughs> to watch the uh, it's mixed with humor and I, I, I struggle with this I don't know about you chaps but I, I have a kind of like a, a fascination it's almost like when you drive past a car crash on the motorway you know you can't you, you know you shouldn't be looking and you should be getting on your kind of um the morality of, of, of um you know not looking at somebody else's um you know disaster but there is a certain fascination <laughs> at this kind of unfolding disaster called Charlton Athletic Football Club that we're in the Premier League and talking about European placements, you know, in the Europa Cup, not that long ago. And now look at them. I mean, they, they are an absolute, um, you know, shambles of a football club. And I can't see mm. it getting any better with relegation, can you? No, I, I mean, the, the, thing is, the thing is as well with, with Charlton, it's, it's so bizarre. It, it, it's so obviously board level because if, if you look at their managerial appointments, they, they seem to like, they'll appoint someone and then a club legend will come in and fix it. Then they'll appoint someone else and then a club legend will come in and fix it. You know, you know, you had Chris Powell um, and then you had Lee Bowie and you've got all these great managers who, or from their point of view, you know, who really care about the club, who really love the club. But as you say, it's just absolutely shambolic. And and whenever these sort of board members go or these board members leave, there's that big, we've learned from what happened last time. We can guarantee it won't happen again. And then it happens again. You know, it, it's like it's like Grant Mitchell in EastEnders when he was married to Tiffany who kept shagging other women and then going back to Tiffany and saying, I won't do it again. And then he does it again. And it's like, Ch- Charlton's like Tiffany running around the streets, you know, chasing after him and... <laughs> like you say, but I think I think with a serious head on, I think Charlton's fate was sealed and doomed when Lyle Taylor refused to play them for the rest of the season. Yeah, I yes, like. I agree. I think yeah. I mean, let's let's be honest. They actually had a pretty good start to the season, if I recall, and then it all went tits up after Christmas. Yeah, but promotion. Exactly, they were. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> what a stupid thing to think. But um, yeah, I think they, um, yeah, they did really well. And then you know, obviously, it's all gone tits up sort of this side of of, of the year of the season. And um, yeah, they they just it's just catapulted down. I think, as Boya said, I think he said after the last game that we should have never found ourselves in uh, in that position. Um, and uh, yeah, you're right. I think Lyle Taylor would have probably kept them up. As you were talking about Charlton managers there, I was just thinking about when they appointed Bob Peters. Do you remember that? Five do, years or so ago? I do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that just sums Dutch, it up. Dutch master. Yeah. <laughs> Bob Peters in charge. <laughs> Deary me. 
But look I mean, at financial disasters. I mean, you got Charlton mm. and further from bottom of the table, and they slipped in. I think it was the, they're actually in the relegation zone for the first time on the, almost in the last mm. moments of Wednesday night. So there they go down. Um, Wigan, financial disaster below them with the you know the ownership based in is it Hong Kong or Macau? I can't remember which one of the uh, one of the far eastern financial centres, far from the you know the the kind of um, the reach of whatever football league um, auditing is possible. Uh- uh, just out of interest, Nick, you know, do you, I don't know if you know, do you know Gerald Krasner? Gerald Krasner? No, I, I, I don't okay. know him. No, no. He, he's the administrator that has taken over at Wigan. He's also the administrator that took over Leeds. Okay. When I look at him, I just get chills down my spine because I think when you see Gerald Krasner, you know you're fucked completely and utterly. It's that kind of business, though. Aaron. Oh, it's scary when you. It's speak. like um, you know anyone involved in audit. You know, and I'm probably going to offend a lot of listeners now, but you know, it's, there's a certain ice in the veins that are required to do the job. You know, you are carving up a, um, you know, put aside all the football loyalties and all the rest of it, but <clears throat> you know, a, a football club is 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 a is a a, a kind of centre of a community, and people care about it, and. People give their, you know, people have ashes sprinkled on the on the goals, all this kind of stuff. Um, but you're there to carve it up and, and treat it as a business and to get the best possible price that you can and hopefully keep it alive. But if there's a better price to kill it, you probably have to go for that. It's, it's a kind of like a, it's like being a coroner, isn't it? You know, you're, you've got to be passionate about it. Um, and look at Hull. I mean, we're talking about Wigan, we're talking about Hull City. There's another disaster. Um, was it the Alarms, I think, is the, are the owners of yeah. Hull City? Um Another club that should be, you know, this big city club. They've played in the Premier League. They've got stadium designed for Premier League football, as of Charlton, as of Wigan. And yet now they're going to be looking at um, at League One football because of the mismanagement. And it's it's easy to joke, and I fall foul of this a lot, and I wrestle with this, listen, and I, I wrestle with a lot of things in my head. You know, should you be... There's football humour, and then there's actually the serious side of it. And the serious side of it is that the game is 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 going through a crisis like no other, like society perhaps at the moment. But um, we don't know where this is going to finish. But certainly, three major major clubs going downwards, and there's others still in the frame. I think Aaron, isn't there? I mean, Sheffield Wednesday and um, well, when Derby, they're talking about a 21 point deduction. 21 points. I don't know if that would be applied. I presume now that would be applied off uh, next season. But, you know, you look at them and they're desperately trying to get higher high, high wage earners off there. This was for uh, selling the stadium to yourself inside? Was it yeah, some kind of... I mean, obviously it's just... I mean, look, let's be fair. Let's be fair. With everything that's going on, FFP is now becoming more and more of a laughing stock. You look at City and obviously what they did with their the Etihad sponsorship and sort of, you know, all those bits and pieces, they managed to get away with it. And now clubs in the championship, Derby County, you know, trying to sell the stadium to themselves. So are, um, so are, so are Sheffield Wednesday. You know, there, there's all sorts of clubs that try to sort of avoid, you know, FFP penalties because they're so desperately trying to break the bank and go for the Premier League. And now I think that the FA needs to, the FA, the EFL, call it who you want, they need to take a different view onto onto FFP and look at things and look at the ways that these loopholes that people are looking for because it's it's really, really causing problems down. So when they get a 21-point penalty, I mean, even for next year, that's a big old penalty, pal. Yeah, it's one of the biggest I've heard of, actually. Um, Luton got 30. 30, yeah. And that's got 30. <clears throat> the, the thing with me that's annoying me with the FFP more than anything, and it's... Or, or, or just the way these things are being run is that 
it, it seems to be that it just takes so long for them to do it. I mean, it's like we, and I'm not sure whether it's the fashionable club thing or because, you know, you've obviously got Wayne Rooney's at Derby County, but it just seems to me with Wigan, because they're not really that sort of big, fancy, fashionable name, in the space of six weeks, say, they've gone from being administration to getting their points taken off to being deducted. Now, this thing with Sheffield Wednesday, didn't this start at the beginning of the season or really early on? And they're yeah. still talking about it. Derby, this thing with the, it was was certainly around Christmas time, maybe a bit before they were talking about the points deduction and then um, Wayne Rooney coming in and, and the FFP with that as well. So why aren't these clubs deducting them earlier? You know, well, why is there always this delay? Or because it's like with the Man City thing, that was never going to wash, ever. Because Man City, is, as, as we've discussed in the past on this show, you start taking these big names away or you start fining them or you start banning them from competitions, it, it will affect the image of that league or that competition or, or, that, or that cup. So they won't want to do it. If you was to penalise or get rid of... I know it's a slightly different because the EFL governs the three divisions rather than the championship being its own separate entity, etc. But it's obviously more financially viable for the EFL to have Derby County and Sheffield Wednesday in the championship than Wigan Athletic. Do you see what I mean? So it just seems to me that they're penalising the smaller clubs who, who, may, who, may get, who, who get into these financial situations. Um, they're penalising them more because they're less fashionable and it's just taking so long to get things done. How, how on earth, on the final ga- game of the season, can you still not really, in theory, confirm relegation? Because yeah, potentially two other clubs can go down. It's a total shambles. I think it's just such complex cases, isn't it? It's like a criminal court case. And if you think about the, the complexities with that and hearing from both sides and all that, it, it just takes time, I think. But you're right, it's, it's, it's frustrating because I think when you're working in a, on a competition basis... For someone actually to lose the points next season is almost a bit unfair on everyone else because, you know, hang on a minute, you committed this offence in this season. So you should be, um, you know, have something done to you this this year, not next year. So there's a lot of complexities around it, but uh, I agree, it's frustrating. There's an interesting um, tweet uh, from a, a feed that I, I didn't know existed. It's called EFL Communications. So... It, Football League communication, not the EFL. They have a communications branch, which you kind of expect, but you'd expect them to be putting out on the EFL Twitter. But anyway, not, don't get bogged down in that business. But, you know, we, we're all looking for clear, decisive leadership, um, a clear-eyed vision of uh, the future of the game, you know, from, from a from, hope from a body that um, has some kind of, um, you know, dynamism behind it. So I just want to read to you all and indulge me. I only read two paragraphs of this chap, so indulge me, if you will. This is from the EFL communications team. Um, so I'm going to read two paragraphs. The league continues to receive questions on a regular basis in respect of updates to ongoing proceedings involving the EFL and its member clubs. We recognise the desire amongst stakeholders, not least from our own members, but also their respective supporters and representatives of the media for clarity on the current position. You could th- that's two paragraphs. My point being, one sentence, two, one short sentence would have got two paragraphs worth of work done there. That's the language of not a clear-eyed, visionary organisation that wants to take our game in the direction that it needs to go. It goes on like this. I won't read it all. The point being they set up an independent disciplinary committee to look into the various um, outstanding issues, Sheffield Wednesday, Derby, and um, one other, I can't think of the other one is. Wordy, wordy, wordy. um, The kind of 
you sink into a morass when you read this. This is from their communications team. God. <laughs> that ice cream man, my favourite recording, is ridiculous. I'm going to leave Honestly. the ice cream van in because it, it punctures my pomposity. They're not beautiful. <laughs> but, <laughs> Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. On the other note of ice cream vans, I heard one playing that Bubbles song the other day. Match of the Day's favourite round here, where are they? It was Bubbles in Hounslow. I don't know why, of all places. Um, yeah, moving on. I mean, I think I think I heard on Wednesday we're looking at thirty first, so a week today for decisions in regards to Wigan penalty, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Because they're going to start the new season on September the twelfth. Um, mm, yeah, uh, they're going to have to get the fixtures sorted out soon, and how uh, this is all going to take place. So, should we look back at the game, Nick? Millwall Huddersfield one. Yeah, in amongst all this drama and you know angst and legal wranglings and worrying about the lack of vision, the game there was a four-one win for Millwall, which is um, wonderful. Um, it was a it was a really enjoyable game to watch. I suppose with the pressure off the season and you know the drama elsewhere. I think Gary Rowett said this in his post match interview with uh, with Billy Taylor that um, you know it's quite nice to not be involved in the carnage going on elsewhere. I think that's the way he put it. Um, but it was a, it was a nice performance with some you know some interesting cameos, um, goals from unlikely sources, but. Um, Beautiful, absolutely beautiful opening goal from Conor Mahoney. What an enigma that boy is. Mm. What an enigma. enigma. Yeah, let's hope. This is just how we just want to see this so more often. I find myself agreeing with Les Briley for once on the iFellow commentary about um, (laughs) Mahoney's consistency. But, you know, he is is right. And that's what we want to see um, more of. But, you know... I guess he's not played as much as he would have liked either. Um, but I think that's exactly what we want to see. It was a fantastic goal, wasn't it? Um, Beautiful. And I think he got three assists as well, I believe. Um, and he was he was the main man um, and he, he took responsibility. 
you know, pretty easy when uh, you don't, I suppose, have anything to play for last game of the season. Um, no pressure on you. Let's see if he can do that in a, in a big game. But he, um, he was fantastic. And I just pray we can see that more consistent next season uh, from him. Yeah, and goals from hot new talents, Jury Skalak and John Daddy Budvarsson. Um, really, really promising players for next season. They, I mean, uh, Skalak um, actually delivered that uh, the coup de grace for his goal brilliantly. I mean, it reminded me of um, a real mm. top-level strikers I mean you know the, you, the take and turn then and then to actually execute the chance is is what you pay big money for and where, where's that player been all season? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised to see him come on actually I don't know what you thought about it Michael because I've heard he's pretty much he's off basically isn't he um so I was surprised actually to see him feature but yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's, uh, yeah, it was, it was a good finish, I suppose. But did anyone mm. else just burst out laughing when he scored? I just <laughs> couldn't. Yeah, I just loved it. Do you know what? Do you know? Do you know what made me laugh as well? He must have said to that centre half, "Please let it through your legs. Just give me one, please." Or bank pass. But, um, I mean, I can't remember who said it on Twitter. Apologies if if you're listening and uh, and and I sort of uh, paraphrase you slightly, but. I remember someone saying as well, you could see how they celebrated after the game, um, after the game, after the goal that he scored, that he, he, he's obviously quite a popular and well thought of member of the squad. Um, still get rid of him, but... Um... <laughs> yeah, actually, I think you made a good point on Twitter as well, Nick, about Skalak, because it didn't, um, it's sort of how it said, oh, he's, he's a great trainer, he's yeah, you know, a good yeah. part of the team, but actually he should be knocking down that door to well, get He said he's been team. no trouble, Mike, he's, he's, yeah. he's been not been a minute's trouble to me, like you might have um, an elderly arm that, that you know, never, never causes any kerfuffle and doesn't get drunk at Christmas, you know, they're no trouble. That's not what you want from £650 of a striker, is it? You want no. You know, and he's got the talent. I mean, clearly he's got the talent. He showed a little bit of it on on Wednesday night, and that is that's a very very frustrating thing to hear. But um, no, I think he's I think it's taxi for Mr. Skalak. Run him up to Stansted Airport, and um, you know, first first uh, whiz air back to back to Prague. I think um, John Daddy scored as well. Another player that's probably under under delivered. Although he's probably done better than than Skalak, I think, over the yeah. season. I like. I started to like him. I was quite critical of him for a while because he just didn't wasn't scoring. But he's starting to get a get a handful of goals. Uh, he works hard. Um, I quite like him. Uh, I think I think he's a decent squad player. Um, I'd keep him for next season. But you know, you, I wouldn't want him. Certainly, wouldn't want him leading the line. I don't think. No, no, no. And uh, I mean, you know, obviously it's. I found it quite sad. The goodbye, Aidan O'Brien. I mean, you know, Aidan was actually in the lower tier watching the game on Wednesday night. And there's a wonderful video. If anyone's not seen it, do have a look on the on the Mill FC Twitter feed because it's really quite. It tugs at the heartstrings a little bit. The the best of, um, you know, Aidan O'Brien uh, goal scoring chances. And and it, you know, when he's on, when he's good, he's very very good. And when he's bad, he's not so good, is he? Um, I can see why Rowett is, is is letting him go. I think we have to be ruthless. Yeah, I am. I, I said with 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 Aiden. I've, I've always been a fan of Aiden O'Brien. Um, of a couple of years back when we was when we was promoted, and then that first season back in the championship, I believe he scored in the one 0 win against Leeds in our first season back. Yeah, he, he, um, got, he got big goals. He, scored, he got yeah. big, 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 important goals. But I was I was saying this before with, with Aiden that. I just think, and this isn't, and this isn't a Neil Harris bash or a Kenny Jackie bash or even a Gary Rowett bash, but it would have been interesting because everyone was saying, 
like they would like to have seen him up front or give him give him a, give him a chance leading the line. I, I've always said, Nick, as you've known for a couple of seasons now, I've liked seeing him on the left wing because the way he could always sort of glide into the box and then find that bit of space that no one else seemed to be. And he always seems to be in that 18-yard box with, with about a, a yard or two completely free. The board land to him and he'd always put it in the back of the net. When it came to actual like poaching and finishing, he was very, very good like that. And it's a shame that he wasn't tailored. You know when... Um, Theo Walcott joined Arsenal. Everyone was yeah. like, what Arsene Wenger doing making him a winger? And Wenger was like, no, I'm, I'm going to make him a winger. And Theo went from being an out-and-out centre-forward to now everywhere he's been to, wherever he's played for England or Everton or wherever, he's always now out on the wing. Wouldn't have been interesting to see someone really hone um, the ability of Aidan O'Brien to actually play on the wing but still manage to cut in and get 15 goals from, from that left-hand side. You know, if you just had that real tactical niche as a manager I'm, and I'm, again I'm not saying Rowett doesn't have it but if you had the time and the patience you I really think you could have made a very 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 good good player there not that he's not but you know someone someone exceptional it's the patience yeah I mean that's that's the key word there I mean uh, Aiden's actually been with us a long time from um, a youth player I'm sure I read 2011 to now 2020 it's a long time you know the, the posts he put on online wonderfully worded um you know, about his, this is his home and, and all the rest of it. Um, and I think, you know, a League One side could pick up Aidan O'Brien. I don't think his championship level is not consistent enough, but a League One side could pick up Aidan O'Brien. And with someone willing to work with him and give him time, pick him every game, every, you know, the, the bulk of the season, you'll, you'll, get, you'll get goals from him. So I wish him well. Who do we think he might join? Where would, where would you send? Where would you, you'd send him to Charlton. <laughs> What's he done to you? <laughs> where would you send him, Mike? Uh, I think, isn't he going to be going to Gillingham? Uh, I've, I've read somewhere, so I'm not sure if that's been confirmed yet. Um, I don't know, someone like Wickham might pick him Wickham. up. Um, you know, they've just come up. Yeah. yeah, I know, but maybe the lower echelons of the league. But you're right, I think it's tough It's tough for him. I've been critical of O'Brien for quite a long time. I just, it doesn't give you enough. I think he's a bit of a powder puff player. But, you know, that said, as we talked about, he scored some very important goals and... He's become the you know the furniture at Millwall when he's been there for so long and come through the youth team. But yeah, we've never he's never never reached the high heights of his potential. I don't think. No. And now's the right time. What is he? Twenty six, twenty seven. I mean, you know, he's not. He should be really hitting the peak of his career at the moment, skill wise. Anyway, um, and he's he's not at Millwall. So yeah, I think he could be a great signing for someone in League One or a Wickham or something, score a, a lot of goals and do very well. Um, and at this stage of his career, he just needs to play 90 minutes every week. So yeah, he's, he's a, you know, clearly a great lad, really popular, loves the club yeah. and yeah, I wish him well. Absolutely, seconded on that front. He seems like a generally nice bloke. And done a lot of off-field work, which he doesn't have to do. You know, there's a Harvey Brown um, you know, thing that he's involved in and, and other things as well with youth work and so on. So Genuinely nice bloke, and you know, we I think we'll wish him well wherever he goes to. Yeah, hundred um, percent. We are waiting the results of the um, the club's official Player of the Year and sort of award ceremony. Uh, um, I mean, I can imagine Billy Taylor just sat behind the desk tweeting all this with pure excitement. Do you reckon he wore a suit for it as well? What for the for the tweets or for the? Yeah, do you reckon he's wore tux for the awards? Even? Probably shirt and tie. I'd expect yeah, that from him as a minimum. If he's going to tweet yeah. about the player of the season. I think that's a. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll run you through some of um, the uh, 
official ones that we've got. Sean Hutchinson has made the Who Scored Team of the Year. I don't okay. know if you know what the Who Scored Team of the Year is. Um, <laughs> brings you live scores, match results and player ratings from the top football leagues and competitions. I, 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 I should have asked him that at uh, QPR. Who scored? Because it was, it was beaten to the, to the header for the yeah, first well, goal, wasn't it? Uh, <laughs> Who scored? Uh, Matt Rodat, Luke Ayling, Sean Hutchinson, Sean Morrison, Ayu Pereira. Ize, Benrahma, Mitrovic and Watkins in that team. On okay. to the next one. Uh, Junior Lions Player of the Year is, of course, the Bartman, Bartosz Bialkowski, um, after a fantastic season for the goalkeeper. Probably the best goalkeeper outside the Premier League in England, in my opinion. Perhaps anyone having that? Bro? I'd agree with that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, class. Yeah. Um, Aidan O'Brien, PFA Community Champion. Well, there we are. There we are. There we are. He's been Deservedly doing, so. Yeah. yeah. He's been doing his bit for the community. Young player of the season, Billy Mitchell. Billy Mitchell, young player of the season. Champs. Okay. Yeah. Um, we are still waiting. Oh, Jed Wallace, goal of the season. Jed versus Cardiff away. That was a long range shot. Was it a free kick, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. I have have had Leonard uh, Ryan Leonard didn't win for that goal against Hull. There needs to be a recount, in my opinion. Uh, third place player of the year is Marlon Romeo. Okay, good choice, good choice. He's uh, done well. So we are waiting. Are, are they putting these out in, in like Miss World style? Or is, I'm not. I'm not on Twitter. So I, I mean, yeah. I mean, just just. Get on with it, lads. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, come on. There's yeah, now, yeah, there's an interview with Romeo now. Uh, so, uh, there are, yeah. <laughs> and, and, he, and he's wearing a sash and Sandra Bullock's there. Yeah, so proper Miss World or whatever yeah. it is. He's in his feedos. I saw, I mean, I, I, I don't know if I'm spoiling it. I'm going to expect Bart to be the, the, the player of the season, I think, from what I've seen on, on uh, social mm. media. He seems to be um, the majority choice. So, I, I could be wrong. Who knows? Jed or, Jed or Bart, I suppose. But I'm a very, very good copy. He, he won a um, a championship goalkeeping, like a golden glove thing. I don't know what that was. Yeah. Was, was it most a, clean sheets, was it? Was yeah, it? yeah, yeah. Archer won it in League One, but then he dropped it during the presentation. <laughs> 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 the old ones are the best ones, aren't they? <laughs> You're listening to Achtel Millwall. I, I mean, I, I think Bart is amongst the very best goalkeepers I've ever seen in a Millwall shirt. I'm trying to think who I might put in front of him. And there won't be many because I go back as far Keller. as Brian King in the 70s. Um, Thank you, Keller. Keller, very good goalkeeper. I mean, each of them had their their, their moments, but as, as, do, as do we all. And I think, you know, I mean, Bart would probably come down quite hard of himself on himself for that error at QPR where the shot kind of, he let one in and kind of went through him yeah. slightly, didn't it? But he made one or two so miraculous saves previous to that. So it's not yeah, like... I think you want to see that as well. Like he was absolutely fuming with himself, Bart, yeah. and he probably blamed himself for the fact we lost that that match. Um, but you know, you want to see that from a goalkeeper. He he cares as well. Um, yeah, and he's a warrior in goal. Um, fantastic signing. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm, hopefully he'll be with us for for many years. But yeah, I mean, Belkovsky, King. Keller, these are you know you're you are in the same category of, of truly great goalkeepers for Millwall. Um, so yeah, I mean I, I think he'll be a deserved um, winner of the award should it come. Uh, we, haven't, we, haven't, we haven't had the announcement yet. So. Well, he's definitely won the Millwall's Readers' Wives' Choice of the Year, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Player of the Year. Um, yeah, we're still waiting for the second and first announcement. My bets are Jed and Bart in some form of order. Um, 
looking at some... In fact, let's talk transfers. Let's talk transfers. We're about to approach silly season, chaps. Yep. Um, I mean, I know we've all been sort of talking about what Millwall want, what Millwall need, but a name I've been talking about for a year, Kiefer Moore, is potentially someone who's been... Um, he's, he's been hot-footed around social media. A lot of rumour has it. Millwall have made bids for him. Um, chaps, is he worth it? Do you want him? Is he the kind of player you want? We, we need a goal scorer. Don't we? If Rowett fancies him, um, that's good enough for me. Um, money was it? Was it one point eight five? I saw million. Yeah, I was reported. Yeah. Which... We're going to break our transfer record again um, this yeah. summer, but but that's what we need to do because you need to compete and be paying the the big money for these players. I I don't think he's a prolific striker. I mean, I think maybe he scored nine or ten goals this season. Um, but you know, then you look at it in the context of he's playing for a pretty poor Wigan side, or they were before they went on this ridiculous run. But I think he's he's one of those players who's got a bit of everything. I think he's about six foot four, six foot five, um, you know, can score all types of goals. And I think when you're playing one person up front like we are at the moment and hopefully delivering some quality balls in the box, he's the sort of person you want, you know, on the end of it. And he's also quite mobile. So I think he's quite a versatile striker. Um, I don't know. I was going to ask you, Aaron, actually, what, what you know about him and do, do you like the look of him? I mean, I've been a big fan of his. He's got 10 goals this season. He's got 23 for Barnsley, including 19 in League One. But this isn't League One that Millwall are playing in. They're playing at the top end of the championship as well. So you've got to, you've got to see, you know, is he going to sort of be that one who's going to, who's going to sort of push further? Um, 272 games, 87 goals in his career. A player I like the look of personally, available on a free. I keep saying New Hugh uh, from Sheffield Wednesday. He's available on a free. Granted, again, he's not a prolific goal scorer. But then again, prolific goal scorers aren't really that common. In this no, league. they're very tough to come by, aren't they? Unless you're spending stupid money. I love to see Morelos in the middle shirt, personally. But um, oh, I don't God, think... Can you imagine I that? Morel- Morelos at the den would be... He'd be idolised at the den. Absolutely hmm. idolised. He's, he's absolutely crackers. Um, and he'd score goals, but I don't think we're going to spend that money. So it's a case of finding the next best thing. Um, Stephen Fletcher's available. Chris Martin, it looks like, will be available. Is key for more right option. Um, very similar player to Matt Smith. Holds it up very, very well. But I'm just concerned that maybe we will need that runner. You know, they need that player who's going to play alongside him. Rather, rather than the target man, they need the foil for the target man. Mm. It's Bradshaw yeah. we're replacing here, isn't it? So if you're thinking about a more of a like, potentially, it's a like for like, yeah, type type player. And you know, Moore's not a like for like with Bradshaw. I think you need someone, yeah, with a bit more mobility. But I would probably try and sign someone else. I don't think it'll be just Moore if we no. do get more. I think someone else will come in. I think my boss is on his way out, isn't he? Would, you think would, he's going to go? Well, he's out of contract. Is I would he? think so. I, I, I would think year. so. Wouldn't you? I mean, I, he won't. He won't. You know, nice bloke, I'm sure, but I'm not. Playing wise, he's not not done the business for us in, in an area where we've clearly fallen short. So, it wouldn't surprise me if he did leave the den. Um, I've not seen anything about that online anywhere, so don't know to be to be honest. One thing that has changed a is the amount of money that we're in, even in mentioned in the same sentence. A, a Millwall and the one point eight five million pound bid is, you know, for how many years was it? Thirty years where Paul Goddard's nine hundred thousand was the, um, the the top <laughs> deal ever. You know. And now we're, we're, we're free and easy throwing around um, just short of two million. Um, also, the fact that um, Gary Rowett was um, prepared to talk about it. He's, he's, he's in an interview, I don't know if it was with the official site on News at Den, but um, 
he says, um, we're, we're like any deal, we're working hard to see where any of them go. So the fact he's talking about that normally they're very, very closed and, um, you know, cards kept to the chest. And the, the I, just, I, I think, Nick, I think this is a summer where a well-run club with a bit of money like Millwall, who have got a bit of money to play with, I'm not saying yeah. like, you know, you know, like cases of it stashed away. Although, who knows how well Husky Chocolate's doing these days. Um, not us. They don't so, talk to us, Aaron. They don't talk to us. We don't no, know. no, no. We're, we're, we're in cahoot. We're in cahoot. Okay, okay. Not me. Don't worry. The Husky deal's still on. Um, <laughs> I think there's an opportunity to poach from clubs who are struggling financially. I think if you look at a Wigan, maybe a Birmingham City, they're in all sorts of shit as well. Yes, they're in. Uh, Derby. I mean, I again, I've always said I wouldn't be surprised if you see uh, Michael Kiftenbell, the Dutch midfielder in, midf- in midfield for Mill next year. He was Rout's first signing as uh, as Birmingham boss, and he's a really solid player. He's got an engine. I really wouldn't be surprised if you see him. Someone like Harley Dean. I wouldn't be surprised if they go and absolutely try and pillage Birmingham for a couple of players here and there. There are other clubs in the division who are really struggling financially who will need to sell players. Rumour has it Ryan Woods isn't going to be coming back on loan. Who knows? Um, it's a funny one. Personally, I mean, I know we've been talking about the need for a dog in midfield. I'd love to see Luke Berry from Luton play, uh, play in the middle. I think he'd do very, very well. He's like he's like Sean Williams with legs, you know. He's really, really good. He's a really good player. I mean, I think he is what twenty seven, twenty eight now, Luke Berry. But you know, he'd he'd be a very good acquisition. There's bargains to be had. There's bargains to be had, chaps. Strange yeah. new territory where we are the predators in the uh, in, in in the jungle, whereas normally we're we're kind of uh, trying to fight them off. Be a bit, be an, it's an odd new world that we're involved in here, listeners. Just want to mention Jason Malumbi um, as we're talking about midfielders. He's gone back to Brighton. What a what a, a prospect he is. Um, Ryan Woods and Jason Malumbi. I think the, the club are trying to hold conversations about maybe maybe something for next season. We'll see. We don't know where that will go. Um, I just want to mention Jason because I think he, he put a nice message on on Twitter. Um, but what a prospect he is! I think he's really got the the X factor. Um, I imagine he'll want to get back to the Premier League and um, go from there. But um, you know, thank you very much for your service with Millwall, Jason. If it doesn't work out, no, I agree with that. I agree with that. I think. Sorry, um, apologies, Aaron. Please continue. No, no, I was going to say Jeb Wallace is second. Has come second in the Player of the Season race and Player of the Season this year is. Bartosz Bielka. Bartosz Bielka. Justifiably so. I, I, I think he's a great goalkeeper, as we've mentioned already. So, good choice. Good choice to the Millwall electorate. Out Mickey there. Avery? No, no. I, I, I totally agree with that. My my choice for player of the season was, we were just talking about him, was, was uh, Jason Malumbi. I thought he had a really, really good season. Um, and I don't tend to be one that votes for the, the favourite. Like, I, I think we all knew that Bart was going to run away with it didn't we so i uh, i just thought I'd, I'd i'd stick a vote in for someone who who uh who who had an outside chance but no no um i'm i'm, I'm happy with that you can't complain with that and 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 in my and in my mill supporting life it's uh yeah bart's probably the best keeper since uh casey keller i voted for sean hutchinson so clearly i didn't get the top three but nice to be spoiled for choice almost i think there's you know one of a number of players who could have won player of the season um and um yeah i think it's good to see romeo in that top three as well i think it will show to him that his efforts have been seen and appreciated Mm -hmm. i think he's just getting better and better isn't he i think he's a fantastic player 
and Jake Cooper, not even mentioned in yeah, that little yeah. group. Another I mean, one. Another mm. great player, great season, really yep. improved. And and I think that's the thing, just going back to Aaron about uh, Mill being a moderately, you know, well, well-placed club. I think the fact that um, Gary Rowett offers a developmental quality that where players have visibly improved under his management. Marlon's improved, Jake's improved. I think Sean Hutchinson is improving um, and others. And I think that may be an attraction for players looking to, you know, um, relaunch their career slightly. So who knows? It's going to be an interesting close season. The new season starts on September the 12th, boys. Uh, mm. And, and also, also as well, with, with Bart... Let's, let's, not, let's not forget as well all the, uh, all the issues we had before we signed him in the transfer window. You know, like the failed medical and then he went back to Ipswich and then where was he going to sign? And he wanted to yeah. sign, but then there was pictures of him back in there training pitch. And then we got him on loan and then it was like, well, it was going to be 900 grand, but now it might be more because he's playing well. So, yeah, considering all that sort of scrutiny that was around and all the, all the history, I mean... I think we need to have a little special mention for uh, for Frank Fielding, who purposely got himself injured so Bart could get in the five. <laughs> that was strange that he started as first choice, didn't he, Fielding, wearing the number one shirt? Um, I mean, I don't think we'll see him see him ever again. Is is he still in contract for next season? Probably not. I'm guessing he'll be released. The, the, the whole novel, I Catch-22, is built around a character you never actually hear, meet or see. He dies before the, the novel starts. And I always get this kind of idea of Frank Fielding. And he played for 20-odd minutes, 30 minutes or whatever it was. And he's never been seen since. You know, it's a bit of a... Was it Nately? Not Nately. I can't remember the name of the person in Catch-22. But it's that idea that, you know, you, you a, lot, a lot derived from your non-appearance, you know. So thank you, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, lad. Uh, I voted for Bart, uh, for 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 Jerry Scarlett. Anyway, just, um, you didn't. Uh, no, I, I did. Um, <laughs> um, the worst player of the season, he'd have won. The, uh, the Gert Muller of Bermondsey. I'm waiting to see. I'm waiting for the um, the retain list. Actually, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. What, what goes on? I do enjoy a good retain list as well. I really, I don't know why. It's a very sad thing to say. I do enjoy a good retain list, just to see who's on it, who's not. You know, who's, who's adrift. Yeah, exactly, mm. exactly. Um, let's talk. Right, okay. I have to, I have to bring this up. I mean, because it's, it's an absolute embarrassment. But the news coming out from Birmingham City yesterday saying that Jim Kelly <laughs> twenty two shirt was being retired. I mean, fuck, you know. I don't know if anyone subscribed to the Athletic. I've done it this week. It's absolutely brilliant. There's an article on Birmingham City. Take five minutes, get yourself a drink, a beer, a whiskey, whatever. Read that piece on Birmingham City and their CEO, Zhao Dong Ren, I think his name is. He's an absolute fruit loop. He, the, some of the stuff he does is crazy. Apparently, they retired the shirt because the number two is lucky in China. And so the number 22 is super lucky. Um, it's funny, though. On my way into St. Andrews, there's temporary traffic lights outside the ground. Forever has been outside there, the Morrison side. They've got, like, massive roadworks going on there. So I've stopped. I've looked to my left, and there's a geezer spray painting the wall with a Jude Bellingham, like, mural. He's played 40 games for the club. Poor Trevor Francis is probably sitting there crying his eyes out, mate. Absolutely crying his eyes out. Birmingham's favourite son. Yet Jude Bellingham walks along. They finish 20th or 21st or whatever it is. He disappears to Dortmund after a season. What kind of absolute 
Bollocks, why are we living in chaps? I don't know. Is it just some sort of novelty um, trying to get attention to the club? It must be just attention-seeking people, you know, looking at this. I, I can't think of any other reason you, you would you would do that. It's 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 madness, isn't it? It's, it was a, I mean, it's a very American thing to retire a shirt number. Is mm. I always think it's rather pompous. You know, it's American sports fall foul, especially um, baseball, which sees itself as some kind of representation of the culture of the USA. Um, they retire shirts of particularly notable players. And I, I can see it for perhaps a Pele or perhaps a, a Maradona or a Johan Cruyff, but not Jude Bellingham or anyone less, you know, any, anyone on what I would term a, a regular normal level. You shouldn't have your shirt retired for anything, let alone double two being lucky in, <laughs> in China. Um, it, it's, it's very odd. Um, I mean, it's, it's the trashiness of the modern game. I, I, you know, we've mentioned already the, the mismanagement of the game. And once upon a time, there were there've always been characters in the game. That's been its beauty. But they were, you know, there was the Doug Ellis's at Aston Villa, and there was there was the kind of, um, you know, the local butcher that ran Barnsley or something of that kind. But now we've seemed to have acquired a um, a load of owners that are. Um, you know, they wouldn't be out of place at a casino rolling the dice or, or twist, twisting the wheel or something. It's, it cannot be good for football in in any way, shape or form to be run by people that are prepared to retire the shirt of a, I'm sure he's a decent talent um, and he's gone to Dortmund. I'm sure he won't worry too much about Birmingham for very long once he's playing in the European Champions League, but mm. it can't be good for the game, can it? It, it no, triv- no. trivialises it. Yeah, I'm, and I mean... A couple of um, a couple of shirt numbers that that I know of have been players who have who've, who've passed away. But wasn't there um, the chap who unfortunately didn't he? Uh, didn't he, have, he had a heart attack on the on the pitch a few a few oh. years back and never tied his shirt number. Vivian Foe, was it? I Foe. think. Once, yeah. yeah. But yeah. I'm, 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 and and for, and for those, I'm a bit like, well, actually, that that makes a little bit of sense because you know, it's tragic, tragic circumstances, things like that. But I, I'm more of a. I'm more of a kind of um, an example being, you know, when Cesc Fabregas joined Barcelona, um, they were going to give him the shirt number, but he said, I want the four because Guardiola's had it. And, you know, everyone who joins Newcastle who's a sent forward goes for the number nine or, you know, Aaron, um, you, you, you'll know um, better than, than the rest of us on this pod what the number seven shirt means at Old Trafford because of Beckham and Ronaldo and all these. So I think it, it, I, I think it could have arguably been better if you would have said to a Birmingham Youth City player, now you have the twenty-two, and then it, like if if that means as much as you, as much as they say, yes, it's still only forty games he's played. But if it's that big a number for them, it, we will let's let's turn this into a legacy. Let's turn this into a journey, and you know you embrace that number. Not not he's only played forty games. We finished seventeenth. He scored about half a dozen goals. So let's retire it because he's managed to get a nice picture of him in the centre circle. Oh mate, no, no, no! That's a joke. You know all these, all these photo shoots saying Jude Bellingham spent forty-five minutes on the pitch and all that. That's bollocks, mate. It was a photo shoot. It was all a photo shoot. They had him sat in front of the end, um, the Tilton Road end, which has like the Blues written on it in seats, and they had him. You know, they had photos of him doing that, sitting there around. The, oh, mate, it was all a sham. It was all an absolute sham. Just, just, I mean. I actually thought it was a parody account when when I first saw it. I thought this was like one of these wind ups that people yeah, put out because yeah. it was so ludicrous. But someone's put out a list of clubs that have retired shirts, even though leave aside my own distaste for the idea of retiring a shirt. But you, the clubs that have retired 
shirt numbers. West Ham apparently have retired number six in honour of Bobby Moore, World Cup winner. <clears throat> um, you know, England captain, one of the, one of the greats in, in the game. AC Milan, Paolo Modini's number three has been retired. Franco Baresi's number six. Javier Zanetti into Milan's number four has been retired. Napoli have retired uh, Diego Maradona's number 10 shirt listeners. And Ajax Amsterdam have retired Johan Cruyff's number 14. And they're joining that club is Birmingham's Jude Bellingham at num- number 22. It's, it puts it in perspective somewhat, doesn't it? Ludicrous. I think we should start an actung petition when Jiri Scalak leaves to retire the number 26 shirt at Millwall. <laughs> so if anyone After that would like goal, to join Wednesday me, night, I agree. <laughs> yeah, as a tribute, if anyone would like to join with me, uh, we'll do that on Twitter. <laughs> um, speaking of shirts and shirt numbers, let's go over to Dale Winton. I mean, Mike Wavery. Michael, talk to us about the new kit, pal. Yeah, new oh, kit. Well, well, yeah. So um, it's a, it's a, a replica of which year was it, Nick? 87, 88 or... Uh, 87, 88, 88, 89, the diagonal stripe. No, indeed, indeed. Uh, the um, the Lewisham has been replaced by our uh, our proud partner, Husky Chocolate, here at Acton Millwall. Um, and also, just like the famous pinstripe kit from a couple of years ago, you can't see the detail unless you have a microscope. But it, it's nice. It's a nice blue... Um, there's a lot of people moaning and groaning that it's not the royal blue that it was a few years back when we had the old Captain Morgan kits. But personally, I, I think it's very, very smart. I, I like the way the collar looks. Like, I, sound like, I sound like Gok One there, don't I? I like the, I like the way the collar. <laughs> um, yeah. Just, just, just without the uh, constant um, weight loss and weight gain. Um, I. <laughs> Collar's nice. The, the the trim around the sleeves is nice. It's just it's it's a nice smart football kit. What what more can you want? It's blue. We play in blue. What more can you ask for other than it's a football kit? Um, it's all right. You know, it's it's um, dark blue was our our colour when we first began as a football club. It's dark blue now. That's good. I like that. It could be royal blue, but it wouldn't make much difference to me. I love it when people complain online that we weren't consulted or, you know, there's some like, like it's um, like a change of government is needed or something because of the, of the football kit. People will always moan. If you give them choices, then, you know, they, people give you about half a dozen different ideas or more than that, thousands of ideas and you'll go nowhere. So it's a football kit listeners at the end of the day. It's just a football kit and it's a nice one. I quite like yeah, it. I like it. Yeah, I like it. I wouldn't buy, wouldn't buy it, but. 45 jibs on pre-order. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, that's why I wouldn't buy it. That's football kits. That's football kits, Jim. You can, uh, you can buy it up to 5XL, by the way. So to those of you who are athletic <laughs> listening, 5XL is available. Uh, the short 25 <laughs> quid. 25 <laughs> quid for a pair of just... And Mike Wavery, I mean, how old is your boy? What, a week? A week old? Two weeks old? Um, yeah, just over a week now. I don't think the 5XL will fit him at the moment. No, but he was <laughs> He'll be able to get a three to six month old, but it'll be 35 quid, mate. If you, if you need a 5XL, you shouldn't be really wearing athletic wear in the first place, really, should you? You do better stick a £2 T-shirt on and go down your local leisure centre once it reopens. They, they need a bin off Macron as well. Hopefully, I don't know if this is the last year of Macron, but I mean, I, that, that little Macron icon thing's just a bit... I mean, I've never never owned one, so I don't know. But people tell me a lot, those that, that enjoy their kits and collect them, that um, repeat washing of Macron gear means all the bits fall off of it. So I really do want to wash it, don't you? Yeah. 
I mean, you know, what's the point of paying £45 for something that you can't wash? You know, it's madness. But there we are. Um, Nick, we've had some foul now. Yeah, we, we, we do get some nice mail. We've already mentioned, um, you know, a dedication to, to Dave Farmer. Um, so thank you to Kevin Sear for that. That's much appreciated. <clears throat> um, but we've also had a, a message in from our one of our regular guests, Dave Collins, just giving us a bit of praise. And I thought we, we all, as it's the last show of the season and... Um, you know, I'm looking forward to a bit of quiet time, listeners. You know, maybe, um, you know, taking the air in the back garden, that kind of thing. Um, but a bit of praise from Dave. Great podcast. Um, Dave's favourite podcast, listeners, the reason I picked this out, a bit of banter, really, is that his favourite podcasts are ones that feature Harry. He likes Harry. And, and I, Harry, I, God bless Harry, because I, I, I like it when Harry's on the show. But a lot of people really react badly to, to Harry. And he's a Marmite voice. And I want to... Just let Harry know in the by the medium of the internet and and, and the podcast that um, people out there are, are you know enjoy what you do, mate. So thank you to Dave for Harry. He gives it a, mil, a great word, Millwallness, boys. Harry brings yeah. mil, Millwallness. Do, do you think that's so? Definitely, he's fantastic. Harry, he's very entertaining to listen to, and he's very opinionated. And yeah, what more do you want from a podcast guest? Though <laughs> I think that's uh, yeah, very opinionated, definitely. Well, it's an interesting point, and I just want this one of the things because you know between us we listen to a lot of um, online material, different different kinds. But Dave's um, wife <clears throat> works in public relations, and she makes a good point, which is I mean kind of basic marketing point, I suppose. Really, that the the more you react to a voice, the better, because even if you're disagreeing with that voice. And I suppose the likes of Talksport and and um, other talk stations in their time too. You want voices that you have an opinion about, but for better or for worse. You know, you you want you want better to be shouting at your car stereo in disagreement than not caring what's being said. And it just you know, it's making the point that Harry brings that kind of um, you know um, the, the kind of marmite quality, I suppose. So it's an interesting um, thing. I. I, I I don't go for talk stations much. Do you boys listen to talk radio an awful lot? I, I tend not to. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a bit of an LBC man at, at times. Okay. At times, because I, um, I, I think it's very good. Hour, uh, regardless of your political leaning, you can have an hour of left and an hour of right. And I always find it's good to listen to both, depending on where where you sit on the uh, political spectrum. But with, um, but no, I, I, I have to agree with Harry. And, and, and if any of those who are listening in, um uh listeners just just to echo what the chap says well harry loves hearing your feedback even the ones that are even the ones that aren't too positive well, we bring and, to his attention <laughs> yeah, and, um, and, and 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 one of his uh and he won't mind me saying one, one of his uh one of his happier moments was when he got a uh, a shopping list of things that someone disagreed with him with <laughs> and then him constructing his shopping list back um so uh yeah no he's a good lad harry bless him yeah, yeah. Legend of the game. Young Big Howard thank you to Dave for, for emailing in that. Yeah, yeah. thanks, Dave. Yeah. Cheers, Dave. Young Howard. Cheers, Dave. Um, chaps, any other business, Nick? Only to say thank you to the listeners for t- staying with us. It's been a long season, a very strange season, the strangest ever known in many ways. Um, we had the whole lockdown period, so it's been quite um, quite a busy time, and then the, the kind of restart. So I just want to say thank you to the chaps that make the show with me. Um, today's Aaron. Mike, Michael, Ryan, and Harry, of course, plus all the other people that have contributed over, over the uh, lockdown because there's a lot of different 
voices on the show. It's been a real pleasure. I'm going to take a little bit of quiet time for a while anyway. I don't know how long before I get itchy, but um, I think as it's the end of the season, it was a really nice relaxed evening on Wednesday night. We watched a lot of carnage going on elsewhere and the kind of um, vicarious thrill of watching our, you know, your near neighbours tumble through the trap door. I think it's probably time just to take a little bit of a break and um, wish everyone a very shortened uh, close season summertime whatever you want to call it and we'll be back for whatever shape the new season takes place in um, in september now so thank you all there you go chaps uh, thank you very much for joining us once again on axel mill great to hear from you we'll be back at some point over the summer thank you to the two mics and uh, of course the podfather himself thank you to you for listening to us until next time have a safe summer bye for now Thank you for listening to Axel Mural. If you enjoyed the show, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a cheeky little review. However, that's you move on. Till next time. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.